0: hi everybody hope you guys are well um we know that this time is a bit of an interesting time in history this is definitely gonna going to be one of those times that's gonna be written and embedded in the history books so before we get into the juicy topics of today we want to say welcome to the woke up podcast and um we hope you guys are well i mean there has been almost uh, a, a roar, I like to call it a roar, on the earth um, over the last couple of weeks. Um, and clearly it just looks like black people have had enough, to be honest. They've had enough of being treated, being marginalized, ostracized, all these things, being killed for no reason. And um, with the emergence of, of all, all of the, you know, the call for justice and the protesting and things like that, you know the the killings of George Floyd, Ahmaud Aubrey and Brena Taylor, um, has sparked, you know, this uproar, um, and this cry out for justice. And for us, you know, we we love the fact that there is a crime, and we love the fact that people are protesting, people are demanding for justice, you know, from government. People are demanding for justice from businesses, <laughs> mm. <laughs> because it looks like some businesses have not been paying their black black um stakeholders um, people are demanding for justice for their friends to be honest and mm-hmm. it's, they're, it's, they're putting pressures pressure on people around them and with you know and also in power um, and so today we just want to talk we just want we just want to introduce a series that we're going to start and this, this series is not necessarily a reactive thing but it, it happens to fit you know with everything that's going on right now and we we're going to be starting a series called the black disruptors and we're going to be interviewing um various people who are who happen to be black um and who are changing the game and um you know moving and shaking things in their various areas and their industries and so over the next five episodes we will be speaking to different people from different um different walks of life in business and in technology all both to be honest um just to kind of share the journeys um and also understand what it means to work with working what work as a black person and also change the game for people and also change the game in general but today we wanted to introduce the series uh, and it just makes sense for us to have a good conversation and set the tone for what we want the series to look like. Um, And for us, for me, I I can speak for myself, but I'm sure Laura can also, you know, can speak for herself as well, um, that despite the racial uproar and despite the call for social justice, this needs to be backed by economic empowerment. Mm it's got to be, um, because that's where the power lies, I remember on Twitter, <laughs> on Twitter the other day, which has um, gone
1: Twitter has always been a black hole, but it's like Twitter has gone mad
0: <laughs> Twitter is on steroids right now literally, everybody's coming for everybody nowadays but amidst all of the noise well, yeah, you may call it good noise or whatever you may call it um, amidst all of the noise they I saw a clip of a woman. So basically a police woman, a police, um, the police, sorry, the feds or the cops uh, in America, stopped this woman who had tinted windows.
1: (laughs) Oh, this Um, is quite an old video. Oh, is it old? I've
0: never seen it before. I'd never, I'd never seen it before, but I laughed and I was like, that is how you attack systematic racism. Um, Anyway, this woman had—you guys must have seen already—had tinted windows, and the cops stopped stopped her, and she she um she ran down her windows, and they were like, you know, they were like um they were basically questioning her, and they were like, "Can can you please show us your ID?" She brought our brought brought out her ID, and he showed that she was a state attorney, um and. <laughs> And they, they literally, they literally calmed down and they were like, oh, I'm so sorry, mom." And then she was like, "What, what were you gonna say? What were you gonna say?" <laughs> and then she drove off. But then, I, but then, you know, as much as I found that really funny and I thought that was really good, I begin to I begin to compare it with the situation of someone like Sandra Bland, who who died of pol- police brutality in America, who cried, who was a social, who was someone. Who was a social activist was crying out for, in, you know, for justice amongst black people, um, but yet she was still shot. So for me, I'm not. I'm oh, not necessarily. She, I, saying she, I that...
1: don't think she was shot. She died in prison. Oh yeah, yeah. She, died yes. in, she in was in shot deal. in prison. Yeah, she, she was shot. She was shot in prison. She wasn't shot. Sure. She. I think. I think she. They. They don't. They didn't actually identify what. The autopsy showed that she had just died of natural causes or something like that. But um, there's a lot of speculation that actually she was killed, suffoc- suffocated, likely.
0: Right. I didn't know that. I thought I thought she was arrested and shot in prison. But anyway, she was she was she she died in prison, um, which and I began to look at the different between, not that Sandra Bland was not important, she was, but I began to look at a difference between that lady who was Antoni and Sandra Bland. And I saw, actually, for us to be able to address this issue, we must start, first of all, with education. Educating us, I mean, educating ourselves, you know. Mm -hmm. And also making sure that we are sitting in the, and and we're sitting in the place of power and black empowerment. Sandra Bland used her voice on social media, she was, she was a woman full of love. You can tell, you could tell. But at the same time,
1: it didn't mean anything.
0: It didn't mean anything to them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which for me was quite disturbing. Mm-hmm. And actually, as I study it more, I'm just like, yo, we've got to, we've got to be seated in a place of power, and we've got to be aggressive about doing that. Not necessarily in a, in a violent way. I don't believe in, I don't believe in violence. Um, but also in, in terms of how much focus we are in making sure that we are focused on the goal that we have set, to w- set. you know, wh- whether you want to be a lawyer, whether you want to be an entrepreneur, whether you want to be, you know, um, you know, um, an attorney, whether you want to be a police officer, whatever it is, that we must be aggressive towards that because it's only when we are, in, when we are seated in these rooms that's when real change can happen mm-hmm. um you know um and also oh, i have to say this as well even right now when obviously twitter is is going mad the the voice of Jackie Aina right i found i found that fascinating the voice of Jackie Aina put pressure upon it, looked, it had a ripple effect upon multiple brands but it put pressure on three major brands that had a ripple effect on multiple brands mm. right mm. and even though you may call that you know some of these brands um, may be coming out with their empty statements or whatever but it still did put pressure on them and that made me think that the power that Jackie Aina has the economic power and the the influential power that Jackie Aina had allow for for there to be justice in the area of the hair beauty fashion industry Mm. and actually that had a ripple effect on other industries Mm. (laughs) because other you know i've never received so many emails in my life from various non-black businesses saying how can we support our black our black people on this platform
1: and i just thought wow very interesting how, how interesting but yeah i find it interesting um Well, firstly, going back to your point about, you know, having places of power, I think that if we go back to 2009, I think that was what was most disheartening about, about Obama's time in the White House. A lot of people felt like there was no justice and not much of a change, despite having a black representative in the highest place of power in a country. And Mm. despite having the backing of influencers and music artists and everybody loved him, it's almost as if the mountain of racism could not move. In fact, the very system that was fighting people on what we call, in quotes, a lower level, um, was also fighting him. And Mm. I find that interesting. And even when you contrast that with the fact that the people who have the loudest voices and the most influence it appears oftentimes that these are only stakeholders they're not actually people who have um they're not actually people who have their finger on the button who can make a decision but rather mm. they are people who um who just have a very strong share or a very strong stake mm. in what a company is mm. trying to achieve, whether that's um, more more money or whatever it is, that's why you can have a Jackie Aina speak up and businesses listen. Um, but mm. if Jackie Aina now started trying to change the rules um, in, in policy, you'd see that she mm-hmm. has no clout. So I think, um, like what you were saying, it's about understanding your your sphere and understanding Mm. where the true influence is for her as an influencer. She knows that if I talk to these brands about the rubbish that's going on and the lack of support, they will listen because they know that a lot of the people that support me support them through, Mm. through me. Um, Mm. But now when it comes to the change in policy, I think Mm. that's where we need, um, and oftentimes where we see maybe lower percentages of representatives who look like us, who can speak up mm. for us, especially in the UK. Um, mm. um, you look at the example of June Sarpon, it took years for them to finally rate what she was doing. <laughs> mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, and that makes you realise that actually people are out here on these mountains literally hacking away for years and years and years until they are recognized and that's quite sad but it also means Mm. that if more of us um if more of us prioritize the change that we want to see that it's not just a hashtag that we post um it's not just you know posting a blackout tuesday post it's more than that it's actually working on this when when it's no longer buzzing when it's no longer (laughs) population mm. <laughs> when it's no longer <laughs> trendy and popular mm. that's when mm. that's when it really matters about what we're doing
0: yeah i really i really really um really really rate what you just said i think also um you know as you were just speaking just it just brought me back to when i used to work um i'm at a Footy 500 company i'm not gonna name the name, name um and i was only an intern at that time and um and I, re- I realized that my voice is really important, even though it may be uncomfortable. Um, I remember I would sit in rooms with the vice president of sales and, like you know, people who had influence in the, in the organization. And I would say something and it would be literally ignored. Now, if another person who was a man said the same thing or a white man, you know, who, who's in a managerial position in the company, said the same exact thing five minutes after, he would he would actually be acknowledged and I remember I just got a bit tired of it and I would literally I would literally call things out like I would begin to call things out like in in meetings about how things were not right um and I remember I that me calling things out got me into you know like be featured on the website and you know as a inspirational woman of the of of the company and in a newspaper and also I got to speak with the the vice president of sales for the whole organization, about how atrocious. <laughs> um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't actually call it racism to accept. You know, to its point to. You know, I won't necessarily call it racism, but I'll call it a level of. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I actually will call it covert racism, which which manifests manifests itself in microaggressions and prejudice. Um, and I remember I was speaking to the VP of sales, and I was literally. And I was being completely transparent, honest, and I was also being polite. And I was literally very shocked. I'm not going to lie to you about some of the comments that were made on that, on that, in that meeting. Um, this was someone of influence, and I was like, "This is ridiculous." If I wanted, I could have blasted him, and I could have emailed some publicist and then made that into something, and maybe he would have got sacked or something. Um, or with a very nice payout, I... mind you. <laughs> Do you see, I uh, yeah, with a nice payout, right? Um, but then I was like, just to like, just to fill you guys in, like this man told me I was talking about my like my hair, and I had I had comments, you know, from from um colleagues, you know, saying that my hair was bushy, and this was this wasn't even my natural hair. I was rocking crochet, and it was like you know those um curly crochets. Um, but it was it, you know yeah it was it was like a bantu not curly crap from a crochet and I was like oh my gosh your hair's bushy and I remember mentioning that to him and he said oh I don't know why he said to me oh I don't know why you're surprised you know it's a bit like my colleague when he wears an ugly bow tie into work people <laughs> <Not the
1: same>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> are surprised because you know are surpri- um, and people are like why is your tie bow tie so ugly I was like sir you realize that you just call my natural hair ugly um you know and he was like yeah you know you, you I just thought and I was just shocked about the ignorance <laughs> that he statement that he made but 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 then again some of us I and mean, the reason why I just I just gave that synopsis of that story was because i just want to let you guys know that your voice even in your workplace is important the reason why black policy makers may not be able to make changes because they may tolerate the rubbish that happens in their workplace And they may not say anything because they're scared of being fired. Um, You know, as much as, um, you know, as much as I think, like, you know, people like John Boyega, um, you know, could maybe do a bit better with some of the things that he addressed. I also think that the voice that he's, the fact that he's put his career on the line to begin to speak out for racism is really powerful. And actually, I want to let you know that the persecution in your workplace May, may look like it you know, may may be uncomfortable but elevate you um, to, to, to a certain level by putting the right pressure mm. the right mm. people feel uncomfortable don't be intimidated by their power Just because they've got it doesn't mean that they that you know that you can't have it um, mm. and I really want us to stop saying that we are powerless because we're not because we are powerful and actually it's our power that's actually gotten us to where we are, are right now in history if we were, if truly we were powerless a lot of us would still be cleaners <laughs> uh, a lot of us would not yeah. have gone to oxford and cambridge so yeah
1: yeah yeah and i think um at the for me from my perspective at the foundation of movement and change are people who are willing to put everything on the line people mm. who are willing to die for what they believe in and that might sound really radical and crazy but when we think about when we think about anyone who's had true change um in the world it's because they've at some point they will put their life on the line for in the name of what they believe in and i think for many of us especially um in the uk many of us are diaspora from um from the Caribbean or Africa and we came here looking for an opportunity so oftentimes we play safe playing Mm. the game doing the dance of you know not expressing ourselves too much but then not wanting to be silent we do this dance of trying to fit into the box and I think that for many of us that is the problem it's the Mm. fact that we're too busy trying to colour within the lines rather than Mm. actually addressing the problems Mm -hmm. um when we're not willing to put our our access our um whatever is our privilege notoriety our popularity our celebrity on the line in the name of what we believe in then what do we really stand for yeah that sounds very (laughs) (laughs) black power but it's true it's really Mm. really true even though we've always known that we are by black for black and uh, we're very mm. proud of that but we sat down with our coach um our business coach Daniela Genus, a few months back after beyond hair and we were talking about you know what is neo enterprise you know we exist to um economically empower black women and and we were having this discussion about why we don't always say black sometimes we say women and sometimes we say black women we know we're trying to solve problems for black women (laughs) but we don't always say black women because Mm. of how it has been received sometimes by um, people who hold positions people it rubs it rubs people up the wrong way and it can it it can feel abrasive when we say actually we're in the game to change the game for black women Mm. um but we've actually had to we've had to make peace with that and be proud of the fact that this is what we do we are solving issues for black women this mm-hmm. is why we are in existence this is why god has given us this mandate because we believe in the transformation that can happen when we economically empower black women and when we when we break the cycle of poverty yeah for black women
0: absolutely and i you know what you know what as well you know one of the things we, we kind of say that you know we want to break the vicious cycle of poverty but i just really want to kind of make that real to a lot of people that may be listening to, you know listening to us now what 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 we mean by that is the fact that no longer will you will our parents right who have bachelors masters phds in their home countries end up being uber drivers and cleaners at work with massive qualifications. Okay. No longer yeah. no longer will, you know, no we don't we want to be able to see a world where there's black millionaires and billionaires who are ethical. Okay. Now yeah. some people debate that it's not possible to be a billionaire and be, be morally ethical. I, I don't I don't believe that. Uh, because when we say that that means we, we, we actually have a scarcity mindset. Um I you know um I, I want to be able to see that you know black black people are 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 not not you know setting up GoFundMe pages any longer to to, to, fund, to bury their loved to ones to bury and fund, yeah. and fund their funerals. No longer will we sit there and you know be. <laughs> no longer will we sit there um, and you know. Have to and have to think about how we're going to you know pay the bills next month. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. You know, there should be a, there should be a level of financial freedom, and no longer would our with our boys, our men, um, you know, go on the street and and think that the last result is you know to put their life on the line by engaging in gang culture and selling drugs and and, and things because they can't provide they can't see another way of providing. They 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 I've, I've people who are close to me right. And who who have been involved in selling drugs and stuff in the past, and I and I begin to ask them why, like why did you do it? And they were like, you know what, I I weigh up <laughs> if I go and work in my shift in you know in JD or whatever, <laughs> just for ex- argument's sake, and I just go and do a shift passing drugs, all right? I weigh up how much I'm going to get, all right, <laughs> selling drugs you know maybe per night i might get 500 pounds for selling drugs if i do a six hour for, for maybe like a three hour round if i do a six i'm not this is not for me trying to you know <laughs> um encourage that but i'm just kind of, yeah i'm just trying to kind of show you why people are you know engaged in this type of things Or well, i do a six hour shift in jd and that only lands me 100 pounds and i don't get it at the end of the month but the drugs will get me uh, my 500 pounds at the end of the night you know these these are the reasons why people do that and it all embeds in poverty because at home, they, they feel bad asking their parents at home for money because their mom and their dad are still struggling to pay the bills at home. So for us, mm-hmm. what, we want to, I, what I want to see is that not being the case. For, for, for it not be to be the case that people, black boys or any black person thinks that it's okay to go and do that, right? And okay to put their life and their morals on the line to go and do that. Um, and that's what black empowerment yeah. looks like to us. And actually, I really want to let you guys know that. Um, I mean, we've been sounding this alarm for for years, and I'm so, I'm so glad. I'm I'm actually I have to I have two feelings about it. I'm glad, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, mm, okay, you guys never got the gist before. Now you're getting it. Um, you know, that's why it's really important that th- th- there needs to be black businesses with strong excellence etiquette. And also, black consumers, con- you know, consuming from black businesses, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because we've got to buy black. Um, and and I'm, that's not that's, this is not me saying that we we should stop supporting our white counterparts. I'm not here. I'm not here for a racial divide. That's not what I'm here for. But what we're here for is for a level of in- um, inequality to rise up, because through equity, for us having equity. Um, so it's so important that we support each other, we support black businesses um, mm. and as customers don't be rude but give constructive criticisms to your black businesses so that they can improve and um, and tell them your needs let them know your needs, even if they don't ask it let them know your needs in a respectful way because that's the best way that they can serve you, um, when we allow the money to circulate in our community first, now you look at the Jewish people Jewish people allow money to circulate even is, even, even Asians, right? They circulate mm-hmm. the money first in their community before thinking of everybody else. That's
1: so good. It
0: shocked yeah. me. Right? We um, we are trying to, I'm so sorry, This is, is this a minute round episode? But I hope you guys can get it. I was so shocked, you know, yesterday I was calling around looking for wholesalers of hair because of the solution we're building. We need, need to have this. And I was so shocked. I, I i managed to find one black owned um wholesale of hair products and hair, hair products and um and hair extensions and she said to me i'm so sorry we only sell hair product we don't sell hair extensions because it's not competitive for us because the asians have a lot of stock in their in their shops and we can't compete with that because we can't seem to get wow. stock wow. And, I, and i called the asian i called the asians wholesalers that are run by asians <laughs> they seem to have a lot of stock and I'm just like, but when I call the wholesalers they don't, like. I call the wholesale retailers and the, the Asian retailers they have a lot of stock, but the wholesalers don't seem to have a lot of stock, I'm just like, what's going on here, is everything being circulated in their community first before it goes out onto their, their public domain what,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's the same thing I felt, that we need to have, we need to make sure we need to prioritise our community first circulate in our Mm. community first right support each other first before it goes out because for us to have comparative advantage there needs to be a level of unfair advantage so that's my rant over on that
1: (sighs) I think even off the back of that I was listening to a talk the other day and um, one of the things I don't remember the speaker's name but one of the things this man highlighted was the fact that um, the system of racism has almost, it has given everyone the perspective that when we we see white, we see right. And when we see black, we see less than, Mm -hmm. we see poor quality. Mm -hmm. We see not as qualified, Mm -hmm. not equal. Mm -hmm. And this has often contributed to our perspective of black brands and black businesses, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I remember listening to Emmanuel Asuquo, and he, he was doing a live with me um, before Beyond Hair Summit and he was saying many of us we argue that everyone else's is better. Um, we argue that black restaurants and, and black brands don't have quality. They have poor customer service. He said who told you that? Have you ever been to a Chinese takeaway? Mm. And I'm not out Our chinese listeners but he was like the chinese takeaway are equally as rude Mm. but we still go back to them and buy chinese Mm. food but if Mm. a black if we get if we get bad customer service or a bad experience with a black business we write them off we're like never again you're not getting my money and that is in itself needs to be corrected our perception of our own business and how we value mm. them. And like Oyen was saying, other cultures keep, they circulate wealth within the culture. And that's why they're able to build, that's why they're able to build and be quite good at it and accumulate wealth in the community. And when when you look at many black communities, Afro-Caribbean, African, what, what, whatever you want to call yourself, if you, if you, if, originated from the African continent (laughs) um when what you see is we always outsource we always buy out we don't buy within and when you look at even the system of white privilege when you look at privilege in itself it is handed down by legacy um privilege white privilege has been able to establish itself because of years and years of of generational transfer of wealth resources access um and when we don't do that for ourselves we do ourselves a disservice Mm. and you know when we look at our when we look at our communities and when we look at um when we look at the culture that has come with our communities. It's very strange that oftentimes you see um, you see a Jewish man. He doesn't consider himself. Traditionally, what I've um, come to learn is that he doesn't consider himself wealthy until the third generation yeah. is wealthy. Um, but you know, with with amongst Afro- Africans and Afro Caribbean dis- diaspora, we see that you know, if one of us makes money, all of a sudden we're feeding money upwards and mm-hmm. not downwards. We're feeding everybody else um, who who basically fed yeah. us, and so we we almost stun ourselves because we we end up with very little to hand yeah. over, and if we're not thinking about if we're not thinking about generations and we're not thinking about Mm legacy and we're only thinking about making ourselves comfortable and the time being that is where it becomes problematic and this is what I was talking this is what I was alluding to when it comes to um, having something worth dying for many people who have started these movements um, who started anything even even if you look at um, uh, MLK you look at uh, I'm trying to think of other really inspiring activists, but when you look at um, how they operated, they were thinking beyond just the impact of the ne- of the of the next year. They were thinking, okay, what about the world that my children will grow up in? What about that? And when we're not thinking about that, and when that isn't at the front of our minds, mm. we're going to do ourselves a dis- disservice. And do you know what? People have forgotten that we marched five years ago (laughs) when Mike Brown was left four hours in a Mm, street mm, dead. mm. We did this four years ago. And do you know what? In the UK, in the 70s, we had Brixton riots because of what? Because of police brutality, because they were stopping and searching black people disproportionately to our white counterparts. We saw this happen in the 70s, in the 90s. We saw it happen with Mark Duggan in 2011. So we know how to protest, but then it's what happens after yeah. the protest that we need. To
0: and and about. and that's the, that's the thing as well. Um, I think black as black people, we do like we do like trend trend. We like to trend. We like trendy, trendy everything. Anything that's trending, we'll jump on it. Even if even if at the root of our core, it, it you know it doesn't identify with us as people. We will still jump on the bandwagon um but yet you know we, you know we, you know I, I, well i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to say that this is the case but i'm I'm hoping that moving forward it wouldn't be but i hope moving forward that we love each other first first love we that. love each other first because i i i don't see that and i'm, I'm going to be very very honest with you um running Neo enterprise has been very difficult okay very difficult because you know very difficult because number one you explain your idea to um you explain your idea to um you explain your idea to what's it called to um to your white counterparts and they feel uneasy and you know somehow you don't get support from them <laughs> uh, you know, somehow just somehow, even though everything that you're you're laying on the on the ground is probably you've it's probably better than what most people what most people you know in that space has to offer the fact that we run uh. beyond hair and we literally spent thousands of pounds on that event um and we offered a ama- make like in my opinion um amazing benefits to people that did come we invested a lot um in it. But with yeah. not very much yeah. su- support from 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 white corporations, not very much support <laughs> if I'm being honest from black people either. Um, yeah, be- before we be, you know, you had to convince people five million times the benefits of why they should come to there, Even even though we listed it multiple times, and so <laughs> and so it is very hard running a black business. Um, I don't know about other black. I, I, well, I can speak for some of some of my black you know black entrepreneurs as well it's, it's 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 a similar narrative um and so i just hope that first of all we love one another first and what does love mean for those that you know for for those that maybe think love is just a feeling love is actually our action it's actually it's actually saying you know what i choose to 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 take part in this i choose no matter what it costs me i choose so are we going to choose to love each other as people number one, and are we going to choose to love each other as, you know, each other's businesses? You know, we may yeah. complain about bad customer service, but are we bad customers? I, w- mm. <laughs> I was speaking to an African shop owner a long time ago um, about customer service and stuff, and he was like, listen, I get what you're saying about customer service, and I don't doubt that my, people, my staff need working on their customer service, but you don't realise how much, how rude a lot of our customers are by, by them not even doing anything um. so we we need to be bad customers sorry not bad customers, good customers <laughs> and also have good customer service it, it's a double whammy, it's people first, before what you can get, black people we're the first people to protest about what we need and what we want we're the, we're the, we're the, the, the police of, of you know give me my, my, my stuff but yeah
1: Mm-hmm. And I think, do you know what we're not just having this discussion or whatever however you want to take it rant discussion, however <laughs> you want to take it? We're not just speaking on these things because we're trying to highlight the problem. actually, we've highlighted the solution the solution we can start with looking within before you look yeah. out um and do you know what I've realized, even as you were talking, I was sat here thinking. <laughs> Do you know what? Even within Neo Enterprise, we do this unconsciously. We look for black before we look for anything mm. other. So if we're looking for a service, if we're looking for, um, like you were saying, when you, when you were looking for um, mm-hmm. retailers, sometimes we find ourselves unconsciously looking for black. Yeah. And then if we can't find black, we can, we can go with mm. other mm. And that's okay, because ultimately, we want the best Mm -hmm. service, you know, whoever, whoever wins, wins. But it's important to actually change your mind and actually think about, okay, I need a lawyer. I need a qualified lawyer. Should I go black first? And then, and no one's saying um, compromise on quality, if you meet, uh, if you need black advice or support, and it's, and it's not quality then go where the quality is of course but it starts with little changes like Mm. that that actually have massive ripples in um massive ripples in the community yeah i mean
0: absolutely absolutely so we just want to let you know i missed all of everything that's going on right there is hope (laughs) and it's not even i'm not even saying that in a patronizing way sometimes we, we may sit and think mm, is there hope for us there is hope we are not cursed because <laughs> sometimes <laughs> if we, see, we, can <laughs> we may think that we're cursed um and you know let's let's support let's support each other as people first and then secondarily support each other each other's businesses let's stop yeah. this game of competition and comparison and let's collaborate. Let's collaborate. Let's do things together. Um, now, how do you support Black businesses? We have a post on our Instagram that is still popping till today. We didn't want... This was even before everything went up up in the air. Um, yeah. Go on that post. It's it's you know it's tag. I think it's, it's it's a meme that says tag a Black business below. Scroll down. Look at like a service that you you're looking for and support them support them start that way um there's also yeah. a, a directory um called uk black owned you type in uk yeah. black owned on google that's a directory of most black businesses in the uk um i, I can see, I, i've been seeing a, a lot of people are starting this thread about supporting black businesses what i do wish though is that everything is centralized in one place um it's good what people are doing but let's just centralize it so everyone knows where to go so i think person uk black owned is a good place to start because even before this this whole thing started they've been grinding since 2010 so please go and support them (laughs) um so yeah um okay also uk bb show is a good place to to go to if you want to um want to network with black, black businesses and also um also byp network is a good place if you're a professional and you're looking or you're looking for professionals to work with whether lawyers no matter who they are they're there um as well um if you're looking for hair products hair pop is a good place um hair, hair and beauty product yeah. hair pop is a good place um if you're looking for it if you if you still think that black businesses sell things that are too expensive uk jammy is a discount discount club so go and sign up there as well um we could name a lot, but I guess you can start from there um, and engage. Personally, I still, I'm still i still looking for a black Amazon. <laughs> because I've not still found a black Amazon. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I still shop on Amazon. Um, and that's because I need my, I need stuff next day most times. I don't need it, but I feel like the behave like, you know, um, customer behavior customer behavior (laughs) has got me here so if you're if you have a black amazon please reach out to me i would love to support um and the reason why i use amazon is because they they sell most books that i need um so if you're building a similar thing um and you're black please reach out um yeah
1: and as a final point i'm just going to leave you with this is your work work to think about this right So if we look at Amazon, for example, selling books is only 2% of what really makes them money. 50% of what makes them money is the fact that they own many of the platforms that you are using. So all these websites like Netflix that you love to go on, yeah, Amazon owns the space that Netflix rents from them to be able to give you Netflix. (laughs) So, (laughs) Ending thoughts are, if you want to be able to create true change, maybe you should think about ownership and actually owning um, the domain rather than just renting. That's so good. It's not even property. I'm not even talking about property, but just think about it. Mm. You want to really, really dominate. Maybe it starts with owning
0: the market that's so good that's
1: so good <laughs> also why don't you get a book on on
0: race and ethnicity Akala Akala's book is a good book and René Edelodge's book is a good book um, why I'm no longer talking about race to white people um there's another book that I'm currently reading an introduction to eugenics there's actually debates out there that racism you need know, to combat racism we need to combat race which is an interesting um Interesting thing to to explore. Um, another book is called *The Myth of Race*. So why don't you pick up one of those books, read it, why not review it in #WorkUpPod and work work and let us know how you found it. Share, please also share this with your friends. Um, again, we don't just do this for doing sake. We we actually truly think that what we are doing is 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 important um, and also it's is worth multiple people to hear so please share share with your friends share it with your loved ones and have a good week everybody we'll see you in the next episode where we'll be interviewing one of our black disruptors